Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they are almost certainly not experts on. We have subscriptions available, neilkohacker.com slash podcast. All the subscription revenue goes straight towards charity. And today we're going to be doing a uh, topic from a subscriber. We haven't one, we haven't done one of these for a while. So let's just, just get straight into it. Sure, that's fine. We can banter around the topic. How about that? Whatever works. Look, I feel bad. It has been, I assume, eight months. So <laughs> probably Maybe three. Work. I'd say two or three. I think it's been about two or three. You're a lot better than what I thought we were. Good. Okay. So this one comes from Harry, who's in Kunawara. I don't know where that is. What is with all these fucking people living in central Western Australia? I mean, I don't know why they listen to this podcast. We talk a lot about the uh, cultural dynamics of not even capital cities, just Sydney. Just eastern <laughs> Sydney, which is banged on about Surrey Hills. Most people don't even know where that is. So true. All of these cuts that live out in, what, Kungadoogle or whatever, <laughs> sitting there just be like, yeah, yeah, that is what Western Sydney's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a good one. All right. I don't have a topic in mind, so I'll be spontaneous and make something up. Open bracket. Sorry, planner man, Neil. Close bracket. <laughs> Just kidding. I have something in mind and won't make something up. I hope that unplanned event was annoying. Uh, you got me. <laughs> you got me. My serotonin just uh, crashed. Fuck now. I can't do the podcast. Thanks a lot, Harry. You can't. Fuck, Harry. <laughs> All right. Been a fanboy gimp of Jordan's for a while, especially fanny over the shit man in... Cl- Cloud rants. Hmm? What's that? Give me that. What does it say? Especially the second paragraph. Be a fanboy gimp of Jordan's for a while. I do like the word gimp. Yeah. Especially Fanny over the shit man in cloud rants. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? He's just talking about that Simpsons meme of man yells oh, at cloud. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I okay. do get angry at the fact that the world is passing me by. I love how our brains can focus in on a particular stream of thought and find, then follow patterns that align with said thought. Thus, our mind shapes the world we notice around us, for better or worse. Can focus in on a particular stream of thought and then follow patterns that align with that said thought. Yeah. So interpret the world based on our stream of consciousness. Interesting. The thing you helped me realize when I focus my thoughts on bettering those around me, I feel better from it. I need to do more of that. I, I also feel less emphasis on needing to care about appearances of profound virtues. Appearances of profound virtues. Okay. All profound. No, yes. The the appearance of a profound virtue. Mm. What means. Yeah. Mm. Life is about a lot more than self-promotion. I was already the highest ranking sperm, so judgy cunts <laughs> can gargle on my nuts. <laughs> You're wrong, man. One in, a, one in um, a billion, I think. Yeah. 501 in, yeah. And look, also, just uh, we did shout well. out for the poetry as well. We all did well there. Yes, we did. Haha, <laughs> 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 just wanted somebody to read that at least. Keep up the good work. I've seen shows from both of you this year and enjoyed both. Oh, thanks no, for coming sweetie. from. Maybe that's a suburb in, no, I haven't heard of it. It could be. I haven't heard of it. We'll look it up. Uh, both of you this year enjoyed both. I don't personally get your attention I didn't personally get your attention, so now I'm going to become your syndrome. I'll start off by asking. All right, he's got three questions. Mm. Question one. What would both of you say has been your biggest kryptonite or obstacle in life and how did you overcome it? All right, I think that's the question that's going to require the bulk of the podcast. Then we've got question two. Instead of spending so much on defense, couldn't we just make nukes? I think that's more in your domain. Damn. Uh Oh, we could, couldn't we? I think you fucking we've could. Got a lot I think of, you're we've right. got a lot of uranium. Yeah. And question three. If you met a girl who fancied you, one thing leads to another, and you're in an alleyway up her ass. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Up her ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what? I think that is the second most vile way I've ever heard sex described. I just remember this one surfer saying pretty much the same thing, being like, Oi, Geordie's man, did you get up in that asshole or what? I think the addition of hole edges it out for a first place. You're a close second, though. 
Did you get up in that asshole or what? I would say. <laughs> oh, I love it. Everything is really romantic, but you reach around and realize she's got a bulge. Would you finish or pull out? What? I love the, the contrast in the questions here. <sighs> Asking what our biggest kryptonite and obstacle in life is, and then you got this one. <laughs> Would right, you well, finish? The the female audiences. Should we just finish on the third then? I think what we, no, this, this is, is an easy one. one. Of course you finish. <laughs> if you're that if you're already in and you're feeling good, just finish. If you're feeling good. See, that's the whole thing. At that point, it's just purely primal. Is the shock yeah. of the bulge too much or are you no. too stiff to go? And I don't know because I haven't been in that situation. Uh, neither have I, but uh, just, you assume just you're too finish. stiff to go. And you're in there already. Like, what's the big deal? Because <laughs> I'm not transphobic, so all right, you, you're finishing to make a political point. <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> I'm not attracted to men, but I'll fuck one just to prove I'm not homophobic. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'd 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 finish for sure. Would you? I really can't fucking answer that because I can see myself in both situations. I could see myself. Just not busting for a while and thinking, well, you know, let's just get the job done. But then also I can't imagine just trying to like go in there th- expecting a hole and then just poking through and just being like, yeah, oh, okay, that's a nutsack. And then just freaking out. I can imagine both. That's true. It depends how close to finishing you are. Yeah. See, that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. You know, if, if you just started, then it could, be, it could be tough. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just... And it is. is such a it's such a pertinent question specifically in Thailand, isn't it? Because you go there and you realize that the transsexuals are more attractive than the women. So it's kind of like a I do really? understand. Are they? Yeah, dude, they're like I don't know why. Maybe it's just because they're trying harder or something. This is actually I think it's also just because it's Asia. And when you go to Korea, for instance, you look at the men and they're hotter than most women in Australia. You know? But is that a good thing? To well, be it's just hotter that than a woman. Such, they're so f- it's like Asians are just a much more feminine race than whites, right? <laughs> Can we clip that bit out? What? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> in they're what definitely way? gonna. It's just they're appearance, like okay, less appear- hair. Yeah, okay, they're that sense. More yeah. clean. They are. You know, they they just they're like, very well groomed. The, the facial features even are kind of just a little like there's not many fucking coal mining looking Korean cunts, you know. Yeah, There's they don't many... have that rugged look. No. They're well kept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still, you know, they're disciplined and they got they love their martial arts. Actually, you know what? My that's Japanese friend said it so well. But in well. terms of appearance, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what my Japanese friend was saying. He was like, they're much more masculine in certain ways and much more feminine in others. Yeah, that's the way to put it, I think. That is the way. Because, you know, they will fucking fly a plane into a ship like they'll fucking kill themselves to like you know, j- oh yeah j- just for honor or whatever that's pretty fucking manly like <laughs> don't you think just to preserve your family name be like ah! <laughs> i don't think i could do it yeah it's pretty stoic but then again i'm the wrong person to ask anyway because i think that i am way more feminine than the average heterosexual male but like are you? In what way? Aren't you? Aren't, isn't testosterone your primary, the primary? Uh, well, that's mental. Like thing in your neurochemistry. Yeah, mentally, I've got that classic male obsession thing of a mind that just was one track gets obsessed with something. You know, I've got my muses in life, but uh, you know, you know, in terms of physical appearance, I'm a very vain man. I spend a lot of time fretting about, oh, God, I'm getting old. Like, I've got a real... Really? Yeah, I've got a real housewife yeah, mentality. You're a pretty boy. I'm a pretty boy. Yeah. See, I don't think you... Age, you have to go for a different look when you age. Grow a bit of facial hair and... Yeah, I've got a Zac Efron it. Yeah, go for a bit of a rugged <laughs> yes. rugged look. Yes. I don't know. There'll be, there'll be a point where I'll start to look older than you. It, also, because I drink more. But <laughs> there'll, there'll be a point where... How old do you reckon I look? Dude, you look bang on what you should be. Yeah, you look 26. 26. Yeah. Okay. Because I get, I get all sorts of different... And you know what it is? It's, this shirt is very fucking mid to late 20s. Yeah, yeah. It is. So Sorry helps. for the people listening. It's a good shirt. 
No, it's a mad shirt. It's from Cotton On. It looks a lot better quality than Cotton On as well, so good on no, them. Sorry, not Cotton On. Not, not Cotton On. Fuck, Country Road. Well, that's... That's the better... Fuck, co- that's Jesus. the much better Cotton On. Yeah. <laughs> They're both very white people... White girl oh, stores. Yeah, that's a very fucking Scandinavian man shirt. Yeah, that's the look I go for now. The slight muscle shirt and then, and then like a beard and a few... Usually I have some bracelets, but not today. Mm, that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the... A lot of actors have that kind of look now. Mm. But, but, okay, let's get to question. Let's let's go backwards. Question two. Instead of spending so much on defense, couldn't we just make nukes? What do you think? That Could could that potentially mitigate some of the, the, the threat of Chinese imperialism? Yeah, fuck yeah. The thing is... Uh, you have the money. You could definitely do it. If you're, if you're going for a purely defensive strategy... You would do that. But that's the whole thing, right? Why would a country like Australia spend so much money on submarines and ships? They can claim that it's for defensive manoeuvres, but it's really just to push your weight around in the Pacific. That's what you're really doing there. But if your main task was to uh, defend yourself, yeah, you create nukes. And you also say, and I am not signing the UN convention where I'm not agreeing to... Uh, I can't remember what it's called, like first strike capacity or whatever. But basically, like virtually every country on earth except the US and Pakistan has signed that they're not ever going to launch a nuke unless a nuke has been launched at them. So the US hasn't signed that? No. Because they're just fucking, you know, global mafia. They're just like, fuck you, I'll do what I want. Why did the others sign then? I think because all of them just realize, like, this is purely defensive. Like, we are, we just have nuclear weapons to stop other countries from invading us. Where, That's it. Whereas America's lying. Yeah, they're just like, well, I don't, don't give know a fuck. About if, that. Yeah. We might have to attack some people. I know. Yeah, they're just like, if you don't give us the trade conditions we want, we might fucking nuke you. Who knows? <laughs> it's really the message that they're putting And I love out. that Pakistan didn't didn't sign it either. Yeah. Well, Pakistan's is actually different because the, the Kashmir border is so fucking red hot. It's like way more... People don't know this, but Why that is actually... Why did India sign it then? Why did India sign it? Oh, because India is so much fucking bigger than Pakistan. Pa- India is what? 1.1 billion? 1.2 billion? 1. I think it's nearing 1.3 and Pakistan's about half of that. Yeah, so it's not even the fucking... No, it's not even in the decibel of India. It's like 200 million. No, it is about 600 million, I think. No way. I think so. I swear it's 200. Even if it's 600, though, it's still... The point stands. It's yeah, just okay. so much smaller than India. Yeah. And so it's basically saying, like, that is its defensive strategy, is to just pretty much say if there is a huge land force that attacks us over the Kashmir border, we'll launch a nuke. That's their strategy. So it really just depends on what your like I will say this though. Pakistan not signing it is still a defensive strategy. The US is isn't. The US is purely there to bully. <laughs> really just that they're just fucking muscling cunts. Yeah, because everyone else is sort of defending most likely against the US. Yes. Except Pakistan yes. will be defending against India, but yeah. all the others I mean, the, North the, Korea, they're definitely the, doing it for that. China's defending themselves against the US. Yeah. The, how many nukes does China have? I don't know the specifics of this, but I do remember uh, in the early 2000s, there was enough nukes on Earth to blow itself up 100 times over. I would imagine that it would be much higher now. And it was just fucking insane, really. Like, they, they can put all the propaganda they like out that Vladimir Putin was trying to influence the US elections for Trump to win again. He really wasn't. If you heard anything that uh, Putin was saying behind closed doors, he was just like, this is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Obama and I signing an agreement that we're just going to like wind back nuclear weapons and then Trump coming in and shredding that deal. As soon as you do that, he's saying like, that, that's out of my hands and that's out of the US's hands at that point you're both going to just start an arms race again. You're just going to make better fucking nuclear weapons and more of them. Are they making more now? Now, Biden, first one of the first things that he did when he came back in was sign that agreement again. Hmm. But the whole thing is that 
it, it, nuclear weapons are a terrifying. The only reason that I wouldn't say that Australia should get it because I'm like, yeah, short term, that's a great thing. But God, there has been so many instances in history where we were this fucking close to total nuclear obliteration. And the thing that people don't understand about it is that even a tiny nuclear weapon going off, that's the end of the Northern Hemisphere. Depends where it goes, but like that's just one. So, but in a nuclear we- war, okay. like it'd just be like hundreds going off at once. So they've improved a lot since the bombs in World War Two. Mm. They shouldn't even be called nuclear weapons. They should just be really? grenades now. Are they that much more powerful? Oh, man, think about it. When was the fucking ah, yeah, the forties? That's a fair bit. Yes, you know. Really? <laughs> They didn't well, have guidance like the- mechanisms. Like, you know what the moon was all about? You know what moon landing really was? It was so that the US could say to Russia, we could launch a rocket to the moon. It was just a flex. It was just to say to Russia, really? we're so much more advanced than you. Don't try anything. And Russia going into space first, that was them saying, we can launch intercontinental ballistic missiles. I heard there was a, uh, the closest that uh, the Cold War came to eventuating was there was a a stranded uh, USSR ship somewhere off the coast of Cuba and they had lost communication and there was some agreement between, there was three people left on the ship, a a captain and then two of his subordinates and they needed two out of the three to say yes to the strike or something like that. And there was a call that it, it was about to happen, but there was some some minor disagreement between the crew or there was some reason why they didn't launch that first nuclear strike. They had been told that another strike had already occurred in the USSR or something like mm, that. I mm, saw this video mm. and it, it, it was very, very, very close. I, that, there's, that's that one the example, 60s, but there's, yes, but there's... There's like 10 of those, but that was really fucking close. But yeah, there is all these other ones where it really just comes down to the guy about to push the button. He's about to do it. And then either a subordinate comes in and says, don't launch it. Don't launch it. That was faulty information. Or that person just being like, I'm not going to fire a nuke. What was the most recent? I don't know what the most recent was. Was it more, was it mostly during the Cold War era? Oh, yeah. These were, yeah. Yeah. But this should not be a thing of just people, because people always say this about nuclear technology, that the technology has gotten better. Maybe it has. People are still in control of it. And even when they say that a robot is going to be in charge of it, robots fucking malfunction. Like, it's it's really, it's a terrifying thought that human beings have created something that could wipe all life off the face of the earth. I mean, yeah, people say, you know, cockroaches and microscopic organisms or whatever, but, you know, pretty much destroy all life on planet earth. Um, and yeah, the, I was just listening to some nuclear experts talking about this and they were saying that the idea that people have that it kind of just creates a crater in the ground and destroys a city, that is not the case anymore. It creates nuclear okay. winters and those nuclear winters, they have a bunch of nuclear fucking energy and stuff in the, in the air. It has serious ongoing effects, completely changes weather patterns, uh, it's really, really serious if even one nuke goes off. And, um, dear, dear God, that's something I probably would have been better off not knowing. Oh, it's fucking terrifying. That would terrifying. have been great living life ignorantly. Well, Putin's actually bliss. at the forefront of this. He's actually, Putin pretty much just says the same shit that Chomsky does which is that there's two existential threats to humanity. First one is climate change. The second one is nukes. Everyone's focused on climate change and he's saying, that's great. But, you know, there's some simple, simple things that need to be signed in the UN that aren't being signed. And every time it's the US. The US is always, it's the same thing in the Cuban Missile Crisis. In the Cuban Missile Crisis, John F. Kennedy is written up in history as the savior of it. The reality of the situation was he was as a bargaining chip saying to the Russians always, like, I'm going to press the fucking button. And it was, I think it was Kerensky or whoever the fuck was in charge then, Khrushchev or whatever, but, like, he was the one that was, like, constantly negotiating with the US, being like, we're going to move out of Cuba, all right? Just calm down. But just to make that point, Kennedy was constantly saying, I will nuke the planet, you know? Like, it's always been the US that has been so, the usual agitators in nuclear war. So, from the 40s to the 60s, they, the weapons improved that much? Mm. It was all linked to the space race. Yeah, the space okay. race was all about intercontinental. It's that point in sapiens. All 
Mo- a huge, huge amount. Of, yeah, it's, yeah, it's big through warfare. It just continues the technological arms race. Okay. All right. That's really scary. And I wish I didn't know that. I know. Yeah, nuclear weapons is a very scary subject. So, is, that, is that real? Like the whole northern hemisphere? If one nuke. One nuke. Would- That's the new, the new line of nukes. But they're not even that new. They're, these are from 20 years ago. So they're probably even scarier now. But that could fuck the entire northern hemisphere. You know, it'd take like a, a handful of nukes to completely wipe the face of, like wipe all existence off the face of the planet. And there's thousands and thousands of nukes. And the other thing that's really scary is a lot of these things are happening in failing countries. Like a lot of uh, nuclear leakage is happening out of subs in the Ukraine and Russia that are just sitting there rotting and they don't have the money to upgrade them to stop them from leaking. And, but the thing is, this also happens to all these other nuclear subs around the planet. It's just that Russia and the Ukraine are particularly bad at it. But as one... Submarines. Submarines. Yeah. Nuclear submarines. But, like, as one... Uh, what are the consequences of that if it keeps leaking? Is it is it is it a Chernobyl-type situation? Yeah. You will find isotopes from these... Uh, leaking subs that are found you know through the u.s and stuff it's the same thing with fukushima the stuff that is leaking out of fukushima they find over on in the u.s and people always go that was one isotope no it wasn't one isotope no it was not that's just one article that you read about one fish that was found but they're all throughout canada all throughout san francisco you will be finding fish that have isotopes in them from fukushima it's it's leaking out throughout the entire and they just don't fuck off they they stay around forever there was one general. Damn, we got to get to Mars. Yeah, but and not take any nukes. That's the thing. It's it's a Pandora's box thing. Once they're open, what do you do? Australia has always been at the forefront of denuclearizing. They need a few more signatures in the UN to make it an official UN law. Not that that fucking means anything, but it was actually the Hawke Keating government that was saying initially, "Let's just do away with these things." We're just going to start the ball rolling by saying Australia will never build a nuke. Um, so, yeah, look, short-term strategy, nuclear weapons, great way of stopping world war. In fact, it's the only reason that we haven't had a world war up until now. But the problem is that is because of the risk of just wiping out life. Right. Again, so there's re-signing of the agreement between Biden and Putin. What is the deal there? How much are they actually denuclearizing? I don't know. I don't know the specifics. This was a long time ago that I was hearing Putin talking about this, but he was like, uh, you know, Putin, no one gives him the credit that he actually deserves in that, like, he really is an elder statesman now. People always go, yeah, he killed his enemies and shit. And it's just like, well, welcome to the fucking club. I bet you every president on has done the same shit, right? But... um the, the fucking guy's been there for four U.S. presidents now. Uh-huh. Uh, he also has... I heard he's, he's getting... He's got Alzheimer's now and he's... Could be the case. He probably would be an old man now. But the thing is, even if that is the case, it's kind of like Biden, how you just feel a shift in terms of, yeah, he probably does have dementia, but just being in that political sphere for so long, he understands how the fucking thing works. You know, that thing that he's always saying of like, I've got the experience to run this country. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> you know? The guy's been there since the 60s. If he knows what's going on at the time. If he knows what's going on in his brief moments of clarity, he knows how to run. Yeah. But I think that that's what's happening with Putin, right? Like Putin is an elder statesman of the world. It doesn't matter what you personally think about him. The guy has had so much experience being president. It was like what Obama was saying where he was... Pretty much saying, like, the last year of my presidency is when I understood how to be a president. It's a very complicated job that takes a very long time to learn. And by the time you fucking learned it, you're out. Um, Not the case with Putin. But when he talks about nuclear weapons, there's no bravado there at all. He's really begging the world to do something about it. Yeah, okay. He's really serious about what he's saying. He's he's lamenting the situation that the world is in and saying that it's not getting better. It's climate change, you can argue there is a world concerted effort to do something, but nuclear weapons, just because the Cold War isn't happening now, 
everybody forgets about it. And I think that the thing that people always say, like, oh, yeah, nuclear technology is improving. That's why there hasn't been so many flashpoints that have happened. I think it's just because there hasn't been another fucking Cold War. But what's gearing up between China and the US? There'll be more of those fucking moments where there's two ships saying, you move, no, you move. And people just being like, I'll press the button, you know? Damn. Yeah. How many, but China doesn't have ne- nearly the arsenal that America has. No, but this is the whole thing. But you don't nukes, need okay, it. Okay, so these nukes it's are just, so powerful. Yeah, though. what the US is doing is just overkill. Like, overkill they is a really underestimated. They have thousands, don't they? Yeah. Thousands, and the thing is... Is the that people, part of the military-industrial complex? So there's some special interests that are designing these nukes that have probably paid off the politicians, so they keep saying, yeah, keep making them, we'll keep paying you. No, absolutely. That's a huge part of it. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, when I'm saying that Russia doesn't have great tabs on its nukes, and this is what Putin, Putin is saying that all the time of like, you know, we have a GDP that is similar to Italy, but we're one sixth of the earth's landmass. We just do not have the resources to keep this arms race going. We can't even look after the nukes that we have now. Mm. In the US, it's, you know, they, they'll, they'll pretend that everything's under wraps. It's not fucking under wraps. There's nuclear waste depots everywhere that they don't know what to do with it. And people always say, there's new technology coming out where they can get rid of the nuclear waste. It's a lie. They've been saying it since the fucking 70s. They don't know what the fuck to do with it. Um, And part of those nuclear waste things are just old nuclear weapons that, again, they just forget about. No one looks after them. They're just sitting around in silos in fucking Nebraska. It's the same problem. But anyway, yeah, that's that question. What happens if they do leak? What's the? Does it just keep leaking forever? Yeah. Uh huh. You know, they have a breakdown life cycle of. But this is the other thing: when they say that it has a life cycle of a hundred thousand years, nuclear waste or certain isotopes or whatever it is, it's a long time that I read all of this stuff. But I did do a deep dive into it a long time ago. But. <sighs> When they say that it has actually a half-life of 100,000 years, that certain particles in those things that might have like a lifespan of 100,000 years, some of them have a lifespan of half a million years. Some of them have a lifespan that lasts millions of years. Uh-huh. There's all, This is the other thing as well. There's all of these, when they create nuclear fission and they create the, to, to create nuclear energy, which really is just a front to make these nuclear weapons, um, when they're doing that, people always say, oh, yeah, look, there's radiation coming from the sun. That is natural radiation. But when you're making these particles, you're creating all of these fucking subatomic particles that just don't naturally exist. Like before hmm. we had nuclear power plants, the amount of plutonium on the planet you could fit on your thumbnail. Hmm. But now there's just entire waste depots filled with fucking plutonium. It, it, you know, there's... There's still relatively small amounts of it in comparison to other minerals or whatever, but there's just so much more plutonium on the planet now. But that's just one. There's hundreds of them. There's hundreds. There's so many that people can't even fucking identify them. They scientists uh-huh. don't even know all of the. They, they they don't name them. And they're very unstable. Well, some of them are stabler than others, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wish I didn't know all of that. <laughs> Some situations, ignorance definitely is bliss. Nuclear power is definitely one of them. Um, yeah. Yeah? Oh, we don't want to get into that, though. Well, it's yeah, you don't want to get into that because it's just a big shit fight on the net, but uh, the nuclear weapons part is part of this whole system. It's just, look, I think that the best one that summed it up in terms of everything that I was reading, he said it so well. It was some colonel or some general or something, and he had a nuclear sub, and he denuclearized it, and I think he was dishonorably discharged from the military for it. And he was at a Senate hearing, and they were saying, why did you do it? And he was just saying, I just looked at history, and I just realized, like, I can't remember how long ago, 400 million years ago, there was no life on Earth. You looked at the atmosphere and it was because there was just so much more radiation on the planet than there is now. Nature is telling us something, that the more radiation there is on the planet, the more things get killed. And you get you get to a certain threshold because it just doesn't break down. It just And the thing is, what you need to imagine about like mm. a nuclear isotope, right? It's not a, a, a completely accurate portrayal of what happens there's a lot of other adverse effects but one way of picturing it is like a piece of hot coal 
that just goes down your body and does all this damage and it doesn't reduce in heat. It just goes, burns out and then it just floats around burning and then it just burns through anything that it fucking touches. That's what's okay. really happening. It just does that for 100,000 years. But yeah, that's what's happened there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so what are, uh, just real quickly, what uh, any 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 books you recommend or even just documentaries? There's one guy who is a whistleblower who used to be a nuclear engineer who was just has so many insights and started a, uh, I can't remember the name of his organization that he started, but it's just filled with really damning information. And he gets a bunch of other uh, whistleblowers in the nuclear industry throughout the entire military industrial complex to nuclear power to everything. Arnie Gunston, he started something like his name has just been completely trashed by a lot of lobbyists that sit around there. But the thing is just, you know, as always, as Winston Churchill says, you know, um, I can't remember the exact quote now, but it's something along the lines of, you know, like uh, ignorance will try and deride truth and uh, people may scold it. But at the end of the day, there it is. Like the facts that he was bringing up is just undeniable about the lack of regulation, about the actual lack of scientific knowledge that we have about these things, about the, the real dangers of things that we just don't know how to deal with this shit. Like we're just really... What's the fucking Greek version of that? Some guy that was just playing around with fire and they were just saying that human beings sure. were just not... But that's really what's happening there. We we are not advanced enough creatures to be dealing with this stuff. Okay. You know? Like, it's yeah, just, yeah. we are too stupid for this. We Like, the fact that you are just putting all of these dunderheads, like some jarhead in front of a fucking device that can wipe out the planet, some fucking 19-year-old hick from fucking Alabama or some shit... Like he's, they, they, he might be guarding one of these things. It's just, it's, it's terrifying thinking about this stuff. When you have whistleblowers there that are saying, I'm not smart enough to deal with this shit. I've devoted my entire life to it. I was at the top of my ranks at Stanford University. That's why I got the job in the first place. And on top of that, there is a bunch of filthy politics over the top of it. Yeah. That are making my job impossible to do anyway. And even if I could do it perfectly, I couldn't do it perfectly because I'm a human being. You know, there's just so many layers of horror there that he keeps doing. But his name's Arnie Gunston. I can't remember the name of his organization, but he puts together a lot of dossiers. And there's also something called like the World Nuclear Industry Report. I think that's what it's... No, sorry, the World... Just type in something along the lines of like the World Nuclear Report. I used to read them, but they were terrifying, but it's the real scientists putting the clock how many seconds to midnight and pretty much permanently... Uh, the clock is pretty much just set at two minutes to midnight. And the only other time in history that it has been at two minutes to midnight is at the peak of the Cold War. So, But now, just because of how many nuclear weapons there are in the world, it's just constantly there. And it, and it won't ever go back to like five minutes or so ten minutes. It, it's just there. Is that like the threat of nuclear... Nuclear obliteration. Obliteration, yeah. It's just all these scientists making the best estimate of like these many things could go wrong at any fucking second. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Fuck, man. So it's, it's fucking scary. Okay. Let's uh, really put a damper on this podcast. <laughs> what would you say has been your biggest kryptonite or obstacle in life and how did you overcome it? Ah, oh, fuck, man. You go first. <laughs> I need, I need to just take all of that in. been the biggest obstacle you know what mine is definitely social skills mm. i was an only child i think i'm probably pretty spectrumy anyway to begin with that i've just got an extremely obsessive mind i never really had that much of an interest in it wasn't that i was like an incel that i never had any friends or anything like that but i've always just had a thing of like I don't really give a shit if I have any friends. I, I, I'm very happy to just be sitting around by myself. But that's a very isolating life. And it makes it really hard for you to work in a system. Because, like, you see someone like my girlfriend, right? Hmm. One of the most socially intelligent people I've ever met in my life in the acting world. She works extremely hard. Uh, 
she she definitely studies. She does all of those things. But it's also just the thing that she's an extremely agreeable person. And so when people hang around with her, they're just like, oh, she's not a cunt. I'll hire her again. Mm. You know, like it, it helps. It helps a lot if you have good social skills, if you have that personality where you can gel with whatever's going along around with you. But I did not have that. I always described her life as kind of just, she gets a direction in life and then she gets kind of guided by invisible forces towards it. Whereas I always just felt like I'm always swimming upstream. And I think that the reason that I'm swimming upstream is just I do not naturally have a ebullient personality. I'm not, I'm not a social being. And so like training myself, I remember it. I remember once I left high school, and went on like modeling trips and shit like that, I just realized like, fuck, I'm just shit. I'm shit at this. Like I'm really, really bad at making new friends. And so then I had to read a bunch. I think that that was like a big part of pickup as well. It was just because all pickup does is just teach social skills to men. But as a result of that, look, I'm good enough to get along in life now. But I think that, a, you know, if I didn't take that two years to study it, autistically and nerdily I'd, I'd be such a fucked man now i reckon like how'd you actually meet your girlfriend the club <laughs> <laughs> so you used your pickup i used my pickup but Which, later on actually what club uh, the classic the ivy oh is that incredible <laughs> you've got to be the longest couple to have survived the ivy having met at the ivy isn't that insane? Dude. The only thing more fucked and than that is like, I met it? at Scary Canary. What? Who'd you meet at Scary Canary? No, but, you know, if someone, oh, said, if someone said, I that. met at like Scuba, Scary Canary. Yeah. Okay, these are Sydney clubs you don't want to be in. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're really country clubs that are in the city, aren't they? Yeah. Scary Canary and Scuba. Although I was in Sidebar over the weekend, not going to lie. What Sidebar? It's the one just around the corner from Scuba. At the the fr- slightly less backpackery. One. Yeah. And I do yeah. mean slightly. Yes, I do remember that one. Yeah. Good. Were you dragged along there by a squeeze? No, no, no. It was just uh, I was with two of my friends and because things are just opening up again, we were like, all right, let's go because we haven't been for over a year to anywhere where there's even a semblance of a dance floor. And then you went there and then, look, I was sort of in that mindset of like, yeah, I'll just sort of take this as a joke and have fun. But man, you really can't help but get involved in the in the mating frenzy. You know, you just see it's it really is humans at their base instincts. Mm. The dance floor of a club. Oh yeah. It is just I mean these two girls started making out and 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 five thirsty guys just congregated around. I was one of yeah. them. But <laughs> no, I was <laughs> and um it it just like trying to get it an opening and do you, you want to dance you want to dance and, and <laughs> yeah it, it's just but you got to embrace it you go in there and you're like yeah look let's you know just be part there. of the mating frenzy here yes yes um yep so that uh happened uh <laughs> yeah that's funny that you met her at ivy i know yeah, what'd you say? What, what'd you say? What was the pickup line used? She was always saying like, you're a weirdo. You were walking around with a notepad. And I was walking around with a notepad and that was fucking weird. But I sent awesome. by Did that as a peacock. Know her before? No, 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 no. Okay. She was saying this years later. Yeah, Being okay. like, what was your pickup strategy? It was strange. But the thing is, the fact that it's stuck in her head means that it worked. It was an in. Because she was like, why do you have a notepad in a club? You know? That's all you fucking need. And I think that the thing that works is like you need to highlight your your uh, strangeness straight off the bat. That's the best peacock. 
The best peacock is just like because it's it's such a okay. like status thing to just be like this is the 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 oddest part of my personality. Here it is. So why do you actually have the notepad purely just as a, as a peacock symbol or no? Because I was being I was researching an up and coming comedian, and so I was I used to just walk around with a notepad everywhere because I read in a book that's just like yeah. write your observations down and yeah. you know like now everyone would use their phone, but I've always been scared of that so. I used to actually just walk around with a notepad everywhere I went. That's and that so included funny. the club. But you That's, know what, though? It, dude, it paid fucking dividends. Like some of the biggest videos, hits that I've ever had was yeah. just going back and looking at those observations about clubs and just, you know, basically recycling things that I've heard people say in clubs. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say uh, my biggest kryptonite, probably not not I, I'm okay with social skills. Overthinking, man. That's just um <clears throat> been a killer for me. I mean, I think it's also helped me a lot. Mm. I think it's a double edged sword. Well, this is the thing about all of these things that are your biggest hindrance. If you look at them, they're they are double edged swords. Mm. All of them. Yeah. Because you kind of I think maybe I guess you come up with all of these uh, compensation strategies subconsciously. Or like it kind of is just like because you you have a deficiency in that area because you have a strength in another area. Yeah, or the deficiency is also, it it can be a strength. In in the world of say comedy, overthinking is great. When you're coming up with a stand-up routine. Observations and cultural observations. Mm. You want to be overanalyzing things and 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 it's observing things in a different light. But for a per, for personal life, overthinking is a nightmare. Yeah, it's a killer. Yeah, you really should be going more on instinct on that. That's definitely true. Because comedy yep. is a thought based endeavor, whereas social interaction and uh, relationships, yeah, they're they're mostly an emotional realm. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say I'd probably say overthinking. Um procrastination. But that's that's human beings, I think. Yeah, true. Um Yeah, I think overthinking is the big one. You know what I think is like the real mm. easy way out of procrastination just so anybody knows. Get up and dance. <laughs> Is that what you do? Yeah. Just 30 seconds of club music and think about while you're doing that, what, why you're excited to start the next task. Because I think that when you're in procrastination mode, you're just sitting there in a lull and your brain just wants to keep doing whatever the fuck it's doing. Mm. So if you're able to break that pattern and and make your brain just be like, oh, yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be bad. Like... Because if, you, if you're doing that, then what is that? It's like being at a club. People go to a club because they're just wanting to release as many endorphins as possible. Just bring the club to your house for 30 seconds. Get in with the fucking job. I've been doing that, actually. I've got a club music playlist on my Spotify. Mm. Yeah, I've got a country music playlist, too. Been enjoying that. Why? Because they're, they're the best songs to sing along to. And you've Soulful. got the great spectrum of every uh, experience in life, which is... I love a beer on a Saturday night and I don't give a fuck what people think. And then you've got like, I miss her so much. Yeah. And it's just like, what more experiences do you need to relate to? Nah, that's, that's it. That's, that's life, man. What yeah. the fuck is hip hop now? I, yeah, shot I got a bitch. Yeah, shot I got a ass. Ass in a club. Ass in a titties and a titties and a clear. Like, fuck off, man. I don't, this doesn't relate to me anymore. <laughs> I don't want to. Hear about this beers and missing chicks. Yeah, that's dude. That's life for me right now. Yeah, it's true. It's a very nineteen-year-old. That's why rap really <laughs> fucking hits a nineteen-year-old, doesn't it? Because it's yeah. all about wanting ass. Yeah. Whereas, uh, and it's and it's pseudo political as well. So people like, yeah, I can, I can, I can feel special by listening to this, and even though it's mostly just a hedonistic, you know, lust for pussy mm. there's also these slight political verses yeah, that yeah just don't yeah. even make any sense yeah half the time it's yep. like yo we're still living in this world and a, and a, you know the government don't care about us it's like all right go into some more depth there bro but 
you know. Yeah, you got to justify all the aren't like you one of the killing richest men on earth and pimping yeah. by just <laughs> adding this one line of yeah. like they don't know the struggle, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like 16 bars, 15 of which are like I fucked this girl not consensually. I like commoditized her vagina, sell all this illegal <laughs> these illegal drugs. Have killed motherfuckers for wearing the wrong colors. Yeah, but we still living in that white man's world. What? Fuck off! Yeah, like, I'm so what? sick of like rappers like this trying to act like they're all political and having a met. Like, dude, just admit it. All right, you just you sold some crack and you got really rich and now you just bang chicks. Like, just at least admit that. I know. Don't like don't act justify like- it. Yeah. Look, originally. The, the hip-hop from the 70s and 80s was that. It was very political. Don't act like it is now, okay? I know. It's just not. It's like... It's the most commercial form of music there is. It is. Celebrate it. Yeah, just, just own brag it. and that's it. I don't want to hear about your fucking victim complexes. <laughs> yeah, or your just... <laughs> because, again, that's what a victim complex is. It's like I can justify all this pimping... By saying, well, it's the system, man. And look, no, yeah, don't get me what? wrong. Sure. Like, I mean, there is, if you grow up in the ghetto, fuck, that would be fucking tough. But there's also people like your Candace Owens and other black conservatives that have come out of it and, yeah, and, and, a- and not hoodlums. <laughs> fuck, I sound like a fucking Republican. No, but but you know true, what, actually? Man. I don't know, because I, I, I don't know if it's the verse thing, because I just don't listen to rap anymore. But back in my day, pretty much what happened was that there was like 11 <laughs> songs of that, just bragging about killing, <laughs> yeah, uh, bragging about how fucking mad your car is. <laughs> and then there was one song always just being like, yeah, man, I'm really proud of my mama. She raised me in a ghetto, man. <laughs> it's just like, dude, <laughs> I'm skipping this. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not listening like, to this shit. It's just not, it, there's nothing endearing <laughs> about like 11 songs of talking about how much you fucking commoditize ass and then yes. being like, nah, but the one woman I love is my mama. Like, no, dude, dude we came for the, the ass. Fuck? We don't okay. care about your mum. For fuck's sake. Like, isn't rap self-indulgent enough? Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> Do you need that self-indulgence? In the celebration of self-indulgence, you need that extra self-indulgence. If there's ever more of a victim complex music genre, it is it is like commercial rap. Commercial rap that's trying to be edgy. That at least with some rap like even though mumble rappers, at least they're just honest. They're just like, shut up, put shut up, we suck my dick, suck my dick, shut up, like at least just they just say it. But not these ones that kind of tiptoe into like a bit of that club music but then they've also got this one really deep song on their album that everyone on triple j obsesses over and it's garbage yeah no, it's there's I no know. depth to the message Fuck. or anything it's just it's just so own it. true i don't fucking understand what is the hipster gauge sorry i gotta stop using word. the triple j gauge <laughs> of what the fuck is acceptable commercial rap how do they decide that shit? You know how they just oh, decided, oh, for instance, like the the worst, like I'm not a fan of Lil Wayne, the best, well, sometimes some of his songs are pretty banging, but like very, like the man has made thousands of songs. It's such a f- like small strike rate of bullseyes. And I think <laughs> that like, <laughs> I think that uh, the fact that Triple J picked up on, and they still use it now, like when when you go to a party now, you'll still hear people being like, oh my God, it's turned into like Barbie Girl or some shit. That song by fucking Lil Wayne just being like, Ermili, 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 Ermili. Like for some reason they love that song, but why? Dude. That was like the laziest and most fucking commercial that he's ever done. And that's saying a lot. But there was that period of sort of late 2000s, early 2010s rap where it rap almost... The, the genre itself became a meme and the, the shit of the song, you know, the the more, the clearer it was that the artist was high on whatever the fuck they were high on whilst making the song, the more it appealed to people. Yeah, I don't know if it was true, some sort true. of existential crisis that the, the genre itself was going through, but you had people like... Yes, the the songs that make yeah the ah she let me like a lollipop ah like that and he's got some good 
in his earlier albums, he's got great songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then the shit that got him big was the... Well, he was already famous, but that one really blew him into the stratosphere. He was like, let's be honest. That's yeah. what made him big. Yeah. It was a meme song. It was the song. Look, if you could have a song that uh, drunk white bitches. Can I also just what? Honestly, this is me getting on my Sky News game right here. Why the fuck do they never call out? The, if, if, if they're so willing to call out any comedian for like the, mo- the the vaguest sexist joke but then if the if these rappers have a good beat and and literally are like yeah shake that ass i'm gonna grab that motherfucker i get on your knees ho suck my fucking dick and they're like oh sorry yeah it really paints paints uh, a picture of the ghetto you know why it's like you fucking hypocritical cunts Call out the real, <laughs> like they don't. You know what? It, it's because they're black. Like it's 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 because that man. I said it, dude. It is. Uh, look, uh, look. It, normally, I'd be on this train. I'm very <laughs> on to like like Sky News trains, but like, dude, I don't think it is. I think it's dumber than that. I honestly think it's just like this comedian made me think. Boo! This fucking rapper made me move my fucking hips around. Yay! Like it's 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 just that like the rapper. Makes them want to dance. That releases endorphins. They feel fucking happy. Yeah, it's it's Don't all it's, it's the emotion associated with it. it's how how does the art make me feel? Not what's actually being said. That's yeah, what that's I've realized. It. That's all it with these is. SJ with the with the people that do get outraged. It's like if the song makes you feel good and jump around and fucking want to shake your tits or whatever, then no one gets cancelled. Don't you reckon? But like, dude, those chicks, I can guarantee you, if they heard Candace Owens' point on like uh, the 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 whatever the rights were, the Black Lives Matter rights or whatever, if they heard Candace Owens talk, yeah. they would fucking rip her to shreds. But she's black. Yeah, yeah, like, I know. It, it yeah, really they, is just... they actually take down black people that make make you think whether or not you agree with everything Candace Owens says. They're willing to like crucify her because she offers a different opinion. Yet the fucking dumb cunt rapper that's that's just it's just the same generic shit look it's a good rap look i'm not trying to hate on i i I do like rap there's some really talented rappers out there but the ones that are held up i i just i don't know maybe i'm getting older maybe i'm turning to the right but it i just fucking love country music man it's actually (laughs) no country music is actually counterculture now yeah it is. like because when they come out they they have these songs you know, there's songs like um, uh, I stand. They're, they're all about like I stand for the red, white, and blue. I don't care what you think. It feels rebellious. Mm. It genuinely feels like yeah, yeah, it is. Fuck people who don't let them say what they want to say. Mm. And and there's always songs about like I'm the, the all the themes. Are, I'm a redneck. I don't give a fuck what you think. Mm. It's a very unapologetic. This is me. This is my life. Fuck you for judging me. And fair enough. <laughs> rednecks are constantly getting judged man and they literally are like the reason like yeah okay there's the nukes but then they're the whole they're the strongest part they make up the strongest army in the fucking world you know what you know what is like a really fucking what's the right word here A feeling that is very profitable at the moment. <laughs> That's you've fucking hit it. You've hit it. You actually, it's like yeah. someone that's just like Rednecks it's, it's are cashing like, in on that as well. They're cashing in on it, but it's this thing of like, you think you're better than me? Fuck you! Like you're not. F- that's it. Just that you think you're better than me. Fuck you! You're not fucking better than me. That's that's yep. the that's the base feeling there that is like uh, all hierarchy is judged. That's is counterculture now, I suppose. Yeah, that is a counterculture feeling that's of true. like I'm sick of being looked down on. Mm. And that's actually dude, that if you think about it, that's pretty much what Trump's campaign was about, and that's exactly really what even Chomsky was saying. That's what all of the uh, like when you go back and look at how he won 2016, it was pretty much just that. It was <clears throat> that he had this, he understood that people were feeling that particular feeling mm. and he was capitalizing on that hard. Well, 
even I, as if <laughs> middle class brown Australian, can relate to it more than I can relate to. Yeah, look at that ass in the club. Uh, shake that ass. Shake that ass. Well, fuck off. Like we've, <laughs> we've I've heard it. Yeah. Whereas, like, uh, man, these guys, they all have. It's all the same themes. Don't get me wrong. It's I Ship love on my their shoulder stuff. Yeah, a bit of that, but it's I love my redneck lifestyle. Do not take it away from me. I love my truck. I love beer. I love my guns. All of that shit. And then it's also really, really heartfelt songs about the girl that they're missing. Mm. The one that got away or like, man, I just last week I was listening to this song. I can't remember who it was. It was a guy that got cancelled because, the, yeah, okay, fair enough. There's like a tape of him blatantly yelling the N-word or whatever. But then I'm like, hey, let me listen to his music. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he makes good songs. <laughs> he makes good songs, man. Like a song that like brought you to tears about Dude, his lost squeeze. It's, it was, um, I can't remember what his name, Morgan something. or I can't remember. But, um, yeah, and obviously not condoning what he said at all. But the song I listened to, it was like a, something like this bottle tastes like eight, six, five. So it's like he's wanting to call that girl every time he gets drunk. And just the way he sang it, it was like, oh, man. Damn. This is like tugging at the heartstrings right now. I couldn't even finish the song, man. Yeah, look. That's I was like, this is just too much. How you've described it in even a sentence yeah, because he's talking about you this whiskey. Relate. He's talking about this whiskey he's about to drink. He's about to describe the whiskey. And then he's like, had a few sips. And he's like, the bottle tastes like. And then he just starts saying these numbers because it's like eight, six, five, four, whatever it is. That's his ex's phone number, obviously. Mm. And to every man can relate to that. When you get mm. drunk and you're like, mm. you, I'm going to call her. And then you're like, no, don't, don't do it. Mm. That's see, I don't it's, get that with rap, man. It's a real moment of darkness in your life, isn't it? Yeah, I just don't get that with rap, man. And uh, I don't know, something really, you can sing along to country a lot. You can't with, well, actually, like, no, you do sing along with rap, but yeah, you definitely don't get that. Rap does not do sad well. <laughs> no, rap does angry. triumphant and that's it. Triumphant and anger, that's it. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. What emotion does it evoke? Yeah, it doesn't, it does, it can't evoke sentimentality. Not at all. No, look. And relatability, it definitely doesn't evoke that. It's all about like, look at me, I made it. Mm. Or, you know, look at this lifestyle I'm living. Whereas, I mean, there's, Bo Burnham has a good uh, comedy song. He calls it, I think it's called Pandering, and he talks about how all these country stars who are multi-multi-millionaires sing about, like, I'm just getting in my truck after a hard day's work. And it's like, dude, shut the... Like, you're not. <laughs> you're not. But but it's relatable, bro. It's um very... And uh, not for me, but it just, feel, it just feels genuine. It feels very authentic, and it actually feels like counterculture. Mm. Feels rebellious listening mm. to country music. Mm. Is weird, Rap is not fucking counterculture anymore. No, not at all. It's so corporate, and it's it's just early two thousands when I I was obsessed with rap. Then most of the two thousands loved it. It was my main music genre of choice, and I loved all those sort Dude, of like Eminem, Fifty now? Cent, all those guys. But Rap's fucking gone into the doldrums of rock. You know, rock used to be rebellious, and now it's kind of just like mm, that weird poppy. You're, you're, you're a dad that fucking lives in the Shire. You know, like that's what rap's becoming. It's, <laughs> that's it's what thirty-year-old, it's thirty-something corporates that are. Yeah, I think though a lot of the the younger, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. What's every? What does everyone else listen to? It's not country. It's not like country is this emerging new thing that everyone's listening to. Oh, I might start it. Look up my country playlist on um, Spotify. It's just called Country Hits, but Hits is spelled H-I-T-Z. Right. Good, 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 good. Little plug from that's Spotify. That's the way to do it. Neil Colhat or something. That's my... Because uh... that's the whole thing. I don't think that country has always just existed in its own universe. It hasn't had an opportunity to be counterculture at any point. Yeah. Jazz, same thing. Jazz is just for fucking wankers, but that was once very subversive. Hmm. Country has not had its time in the sun as a subversive genre. I think it's coming. 
That's that's really was... cool if it does. <laughs> I happened. really like that idea. It's gonna happen, man. You know what would really push that? Yeah. If Kanye started did one album, yeah. Well, he did his Jesus album, his gospel album. Mm. That's pretty. Look, say what you want about Kanye, he does push the the forefront of culture. He tries to push the forefront of culture. Now, taking those huge risks as well made him very successful in the 2000s. Now, he's going on a very different path. It may pay off. I'm doing a gospel. Dude, what mainstream rapper comes from, you know, I fuck these models, you know, if I fuck this model and she and he, she's bleached her asshole, I get bleach on my T-shirt. That was 2016. And then, he, and then what, four years later, he's coming out with Jesus is King. Wow. What the fuck? What a fucking turnaround. <laughs> it's bizarre. But um, you do sense it. You sense like almost conservatism is becoming the cultural conservatism or just having pride in the country is almost like a rebellious counterculture thing now. And I think you see teenagers now are really divided. They're either just your sort of MAGA types that just – are unapologetically patriotic and really hate political correctness. They're they're like fifty year old boomers, or they're just a parody of of a woke thirty year old. They're really just like retarded. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> with you're right. It's with become, their, they've become a pastiche. Yes, it's 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 so it's very divided. I, from what I can observe on political American TikTok. Where a lot of teenagers and Gen Z reside, it's 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 this the culture wars really are being fought within Gen Z. Yeah, it's it's that's actually what Christo was saying about his friends mm. and his brother's friends as well. Uh, now, because I was just talking about hipsters and it, the same conversation I had with you, and he was just like, "Dude, they just don't fucking exist in my generation." The 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 progeny of hipsters is so much more degenerate than hipsters were that I'd like wish that there was hipsters. There's so much, there's so much more extreme, you know, and that is such a tiring thought to me. How old that is how old's Christo? Sorry. 20, 21. Yeah. Okay. And there's like, what was he saying? You know what he was saying? He was saying that really the uh, evolved version of a hipster. Yeah. Antifa types. He was saying that that's the new hipster. And then I was saying, well, okay, what's the new... That was around when I was 20, 21 as well. Yeah. Has it just become more extreme? Well, I mean, for fuck's sake, how much more extreme is... Fuck. Mm. How much more extreme is Antifa? You got it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... It's so much more extreme than hipsters. Because really, what what is a hipster? A hipster is really like, yeah, I like the system... Uh, in a corporate sense, uh, I, I just get uncomfortable when jokes are a little too racy. That's pretty much a hipster. Dude, Antifa is just like, I'm going to for fun start a riot. You know? Like- <laughs> yeah. you got to be honest. They are more rebellious, hey? I think they're what the, the, the hipsters think they are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They've taken it to the next level. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was just saying that... Um, but their causes are kind of whack. mm and then he was saying on the other side, they've just become like a full-on 20s fascies, you know, walking around in singlets and overalls and that, that kind of, uh, I guess, almost clockwork orange look of being like, hello, hello, what's all we sing? You know, like that's, oh, really? that's what's happening in his generation. Jesus. <laughs> Five years. Yeah, I'm out of it. Ugh. Yeah. I think that that's just a- I was young once. Yeah, look, it's just after a while you kind of I, I think it's just because you just don't hang around in social groups anymore, so you don't notice it. But I swear it just wasn't that extreme. And I think that the reason is is uh their generation has just grown up on social media. There was no kind of leveling out homogenization of mainstream through television. Yeah. That doesn't exist. So all they're seeing is the most extreme faces and the most extreme people are the ones that get pushed up in the algorithm because they're doing extreme shit and that becomes the norm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm an intermediary between you and because your early 30s, Christo's early, early 20s. 20s. Yeah. Mid to late. Yeah. So there were those. We were that cutoff period 
where we did grow up with a lot of social media, but the 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 Gen Gen Z that came after us really had it from when they were kids. Primary school. Yeah. Mm. What's going on here? Oh, technical issues. Yeah. Testing. You know what else is fucking cool? This is just kind of a side note. Just need to say it. Isn't it f- incredible that Alan Jones is pretty much just a YouTuber now? Is he? Have you noticed how many views that cunt gets? It's like in the millions. I thought he retired. Yeah, he went to Sky News. Oh. And Sky News is pretty much just there so that they can clip everything they ever do and chuck it up on YouTube. It's really in the millions. So, like, it's amazing that his audience on radio was always, I guess, like 90-year-olds, and now all of a sudden his audience is probably 18 to 30. <laughs> so weird. That's how, it, that's how it happens. I think Gen X and boomers are slowly migrating to YouTube anyway. They, they're migrating to the ones that we were all on six, six seven years ago. Facebook. They're all on Facebook, and they're, you know, I think gradually going over to YouTube. You know what else as well? Pretty look, it's still the the uh the realm of the youngin', but there's a lot of old cunts on TikTok. Really? Well I don't yeah, know what maybe your algorithm. Maybe my algorithm. But I don't know why the fuck they're coming up there. Just like some sixty year old mum just being like, Yeah, just thought that the cops are doing a good job, so I went in and gave him some flowers. <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, okay. Nice. I don't know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a nice note, I think. I, after the nuclear discussion, I think that's a nice note to uh, to end on. Hopefully, hopefully, Harry, we've adequately answered your... Well, Jordan definitely answered the nuclear one, and then I think we've answered our kryptonites and our obstacles with a good range of banter. But you know what the real answer to both... Dispersed. Both of those things Dread. are, though? Like both of our problems, overthinking and just having like kind of like a harsh, harsh, abrasive nature. Yeah, but in different ways. Like we're not, I don't think, I think we both have our unique personalities that have maybe been hindrances more so in social situations, but it's still different. I don't. No, 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 no. I'm saying that the thing, the, the solution to both of them pretty much is the same thing. And I think it's just gratitude. Mm. You, gratitude. Keep, you keep hitting it. That's why. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, gratitude just kind of slows the mind down. If I can impart one piece of wisdom to everybody, and I really do think that this has completely changed my life in the last couple of weeks, it's just like constantly appreciating everything. It actually just be puts you in a you sick cunts. light. You, be grateful, you cunts. You know what it was? It was when I went up on stage and I used to always just be like, okay, uh, I have to work out. And like, it was just like tense as soon as I walked on. But then I was just like, it just suddenly hit me one day. I was like, fuck, dude. Like, no matter where I go, I can attract an audience of like a thousand people now. Wow. That's fucking amazing. It's pretty good, man. You know, like I never even, it never even hit me. That that's incredible, you know? And so... Yeah, you lose sight of what you've got. You lose sight of what you've got. And so everything just... like When you do, you just start rushing and overthinking in your head and you start getting more petty. You just like whatever is in front of you and just appreciating it. Everything slows down. Everything becomes easier. Anyway, that's my little... That's it. That's the way to finish that one. Be grateful. Be grateful, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening.